kind of heard some rumblings about this. But the fact that this is not the number one news story on an international news or even in American news shows how we are being controlled like dogs by an active activist propaganda press that wants to keep us compliant and has total and complete blackout of what's happening in, country, in other countries that are in some ways very similar to ours. Now, the extent of the news blackout and outright propaganda of what's happening in Australia is completely and totally stunning. And so I've talked to you about this, Devin. Um, I, I actually reached out to Devin like two weeks ago and I told him, hey, I want to dedicate an entire episode on what's going on in Australia because what truly is going on is not being talked about. And so what is happening in Australia? It's almost kind of like a canary in the coal mine. It's a warning sign, in my view. Um, Things that possibly come, maybe a tractor trailer of tyranny coming to America's doorstep. Now, Devin, me and you both know that Australia is a different type of country than America. Um, Some people would jokingly say that Australia is a nation of former convicts because that's where the British Empire used to send all their prisoners. Australians may think as themselves as a staunch ally of the United States. And um, Americans may think of Australia, whenever they think of Australia, they may think of like kangaroos or aborigines. But does anyone ever really think of Australia as in, oh yeah, Australia, the country where they raid your house in the middle of the night if you're not vaccinated or even arrest you? arrest you in the street, and then throw you in a camp that's not even close to society because you're not vaccinated. Australia has never embraced a love of liberty like America. And this needs to be a fire alarm warning for every single person listening to this episode right now. Liberty, as we know it, the flame is being tended to, and we need to protect it. What me and Devin are about to go through about what's going on in Australia is horrifying, and it's hard to believe. So with that being said, in fact, it's so bad over there, the overreach is so tyrannical that I believe that if I was in charge, Devin, the United States should suspend trade, diplomatic relations with Australia. We need to boycott, divest, and sanction Australia until they release the pressure of their own citizens. What's your opinion on that? Uh, I couldn't have said it better myself. Word for word, what you said, I'm, I'm on the same page as that. Um, it, it, I think that this is definitely a forewarning for us Americans to see this going on over in Australia. It definitely should open your eyes, whether or not you're pro-vaccine or how you feel about COVID, to see what's going on there, knowing that that could be knocking on our doorstep tomorrow, in an hour, in a month, in a year, in five years. You know, to see what's going on over there, that should scare anyone, mm-hmm. anyone, to see the, the amount of tyranny and... Um, and just the overall um, just pushing forward with an agenda that that's, that's not the American way. And the people that talk about this, that want these, these vaccine mandates they're I'm not sure that they're not willing to push it to this extent. You know, I saw a video this morning, actually, when I was watching the news and there was police in the streets that stopped the man because he didn't have his mask on. He had a coffee cup and they're taking it so seriously. They had to open the man's coffee cup to make sure that he actually had coffee in there. He wasn't just carrying a coffee cup to not have to wear a mask. You know, that is, that is so insane. It's to me. I mean, so extreme. 
And, and people who are talking about these vaccine mandates, this is what you're asking for. That's not what mm-hmm. I'm asking for. It's not what Alex is asking for. This is the amount of sincere craziness, absolute tyranny, and just absolute overall craziness that some people are talking about. And that's what's scary. It's not. It's scary that it's happening in Australia, but to me it's even scary that people are, are wanting this same type of action. Yes. And so something I'm going to say, Devin, which I want – Everyone listening to this podcast to listen word for word what I'm about to say. And this is this is what I'm going to say. If you value security over liberty, you will lose both. I mean, I someone told me that um, told me that quote quote for quote, and that stuck with me so hard that like rang bells in my ear. And I was like, holy cow! Like that saying is so true. Like the deeper you look into that saying. I mean, the more true it is. I mean, and Australia is honestly the most perfect example. The government is trying to say, oh, trust us, trust us. We will help you. We will protect you. Well, then now look what happened. They're taking away people's freedoms as they know it, left and right. Well, some people don't even know this, and I, I'm, I don't know if you know this or not. I hope you do know this. Australia has this one of, if not the strictest gun laws oh, yeah. in the whole world. Oh, yeah. um, I was I was talking to my father about this. You know, when we were, I was talking about Australia, he said, you know, this should just prove that how important the Second Amendment is, because, oh, yeah. you know, they don't have the the necessary faculties and um, and some resources and supplies to to even overthrow the government. If this is something that they decide they wanted to do, they don't have that um, embedded in their society, the same way we have the freedom, you know, that if things get too bad and I'm not saying that's what we should do, I'm not, I'm not bringing back the capital right or anything like that. But what I'm saying is, is this should prove to people also that if you give up a right, you're never going to get that right back. You know, if we give in and we let them shut down businesses and, and mandate things, they're not going to let that go. Once COVID goes away, the governments never give rights back once they take them. Society has not understood that, and history proves it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think me and you both know this. There has not been one socialist economy that has later turned into a dictatorship. Every socialist country that has ever existed in the human lifetime has always later in some form or later in some time formed into a dictatorship. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we could go back to let's just name the let's just name the obvious ones. Germany, um, Russia, Cuba, so, Venezuela, Cuba, Italy, um, China back in the fifties and sixties. Oh, uh, yeah, Vietnam, um, Korea. North Korea. Um, you know, just uh, Italy pre World War Two, Mussolini. Yep. Um, we, I mean, I could go on forever. At numerous African countries. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe Kenya's on there. I'm just, I'm not going to get too deep into it, but right, like you said, every country that started socialist has ended up being a dictatorship. And so, with 100 efficiency. And so, um, I really want our audience to understand the things that their government officials are publicly coming out and saying now. It's not even like they're trying to hide it anymore. These officials are straight saying now, oh, we are in control. If you don't obey, you are going to be punished. And so here's a clip I want to share with our audience, Devin. It's former head of Australia's Department of Health. 
And recently she said, now what we have to do is figure out how to run our lives. And I'm quoting her, by the way, she, quote for quote. She says, now we have to do now what we have to do is figure out how to run our lives. And this is the new normal that requires people to change their behavior and go about their lives differently. Listen to this. What we have to do is figure out how to run our lives in a way that is that new normal, that COVID safe. And that does require changes in behaviour and it requires people to go about their business differently. After hearing that clip, what was your first reaction? <laughs> oh, man, it, it, it's a doozy. Um, she said we have to learn how to change the behaviour. To even, you know, from what I understood is what she's saying is, is even after COVID, we have to learn how to edit people's behavior to, to continue on with this COVID um, society. And that, that was scary to me, you know? Right. And I don't like, I don't like, you know, causing mass hysteria when I say this, but that's honestly scary that they're trying to figure out and that they even said out loud that they're going to try to find a way and that they need to find a way to even after COVID to continue on with this uh, outreach, this overreach of the people. Mm -hmm. um, after I heard this clip, Devin, it immediately brought me back to the press conference where Joe Biden said the to he basically said, if you're unvaccinated, this will be a long winter for you. Now, what I think what could be happening behind closed doors is our current administration is talking to the government officials of Australia and is trying to get ideas of how they want to enforce it in America. Again, um, I'm sure I'll be called a conspiracy theorist for that, but after seeing the things that we have seen going to Australia and hearing the things we have heard from our administration, it seems that they're trying to literally take step by step of what the Australian government is doing to its own people. It's just crazy. It's just absolutely crazy to me. Mm -hmm. um, I just I just saw um, at the news before we started this. Now one of the the chiefs of the health department over there is calling out Ted Cruz on Twitter, um, saying that they don't need to hear from America about vaccine requirements, and that's <laughs> even crazier to me. Now something that I'm sure a lot of people have seen on social media, if they follow any Republican or conservative outlets um they have shown videos of protests going on in australia and you know what's funny about this is not one american news outlet has brought this up not one american nope. news outlet has brought up how the people of australia are fighting for their freedoms they are protesting and yet the government is ruining their lives and that is just a complete joke to me i mean me and you Devin, know our our so-called media is a joke but i don't think enough people are bringing this up and talking about it i feel like people are ignoring it and quite frankly i feel like a lot of people are our age are almost okay with this they're not talking about it on the news because the media and the whole the whole uh behind the curtains party here is is understanding that what we're seeing in australia is just the tip of the spear as to what would happen when the American people get sick and tired of this stuff, when the American people are just so fed up with mandates, you see this in Australia. Well, we have, you know, so many more people. I, I couldn't even uh, 
understand the number of how mm-hmm. many more people America has in that. And that's why they don't want to talk about it because they know for a fact that what we're seeing in Australia is a very distinct possibility in America. Yeah. And so um, I, I forgot to even tell you about this. So whenever I was in Colorado and went to the concert, before a Winnium came on, there was a uh, guy opening for him, and he was Australian. And literally after he was done performing, he said, he's like, I just want everyone to know how thankful I am to be in the United States because where, I, where I'm from, Australia, he was saying how ever since COVID hit, it has been nothing but just staying inside your house. And he said that how thankful and how grateful he was able to be in America and live his life again. And that coming from an Australian citizen and for me hearing it um, from first person perspective, that says a lot. That says a whole lot to me. Absolutely. And so now here's another clip, Devin, I want our audience to listen to. Now, this is a clip of an Australian government official. Now, this is only a couple of weeks ago just so I could make everyone very clear. But she says, quote, unquote, if your business doesn't have employees that are vaccinated or your patrons aren't vaccinated, you will not be allowed to operate. Only the fully vaccinated will be allowed to partake in business activities. Now, that's the end of the quote. Now, it seems to me that Australia has created apprehended based on vaccination status. Devin, and I'm going to bring up some history. We know we boycotted, boycotted South Africa of I'm probably saying this word wrong. Apartheid? Apartheid? Apartheid. Apartheid, apartheid. yes. Yep. We boycotted South Africa because apartheid, because it was evil based on skin color. Now, Australia is saying if you don't take the vaccine, when the government is saying to, they're not going to allow you to live your life or operate or make a, or make a living. Like I said, it's dangerous. It is. Now, I'm going to play this clip. I want everyone to listen very, very closely. Remind people across the state, especially in the regions, that if you're not vaccinated, you will go backwards. If your business uh, doesn't have doesn't have employees that are vaccinated, your patrons aren't vaccinated, you won't be able to operate. And so, just a warning to everybody in the regions, and that's why uh, only the fully vaccinated will be able to participate in business activity and obviously hospitality at that time. Devin, I literally laughed out loud as soon as I heard. That lady say, but then you'll be able to participate and partake a bus- in business activities once you get vaccinated. Now, you see, Australia doesn't have the Bill of Rights like we do in our country. Australia also doesn't have the greatest political document ever, the Constitution. And you should know that they have a population that, quite honestly, desires more security over freedom. I mean, that is a given to us now by the actions of what their government has been taking and, quite frankly, the actions of their citizens not standing up to it. And so the Bill of Rights, as we know, sets explicit limit on government. And Australia is going to have to answer at some is going to have to answer the question at some point. And hopefully by an international intervention from the United States. I sure to hope and hell to God that other countries start coming down on them because what they're doing is wrong, is 
quite it's just it's awful i mean there's i don't even think there's a word to describe what they're doing and how messed up it is the the biggest thing i took from that clip was it's not that you know that she talked about requiring it but she even said that if you don't get vaccinated you're going to go back they're going to go out of their way to push back the progress that we've made during covid and allowing people to normalize their life again Mm-hmm. And to me, that's that's the biggest red flag. It's it's all a big red flag. Don't get me wrong, but the threat of of making you go backwards that's that's a big thing to me. That's that's a threat that that I would dearly dearly hope to say that we never see in America because the day when they start threatening it, pushing society back at this, I think that that would be a, a huge turning point in the American society for a lot of people. Right, and so I think a question that everybody needs to ask themselves why our government why is australian government trying to set people back why would they want to do that to their own citizens um in my belief i think the reason they're doing it is for like like me and you have said that it's it's all about control they don't want people to stand up against them and saying hey this doesn't sound right there are people that are in charge in their government that don't care about other people's freedoms or basically any aspect of life that they live. They only care about the money in their pockets and the power that they have. Like like me and you have said, and like dozens and dozens of people have said from the beginning, this isn't about the disease. This is about control. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, Australia has put themselves in this situation where they don't have a whole lot of pushback to push forward with. You know, um, you know, all the rights that they have compared to us, they don't they don't have that that uh, that inertia to push forward against the government on stuff like this. You know, you Mm -hmm. see you see the protests there. That's I mean, how much farther can they go besides protests in the street and not wear masks and not be vaccinated? And that's the reason why I feel like Australia is progressing so quickly, because they know that the Australian people don't have much farther to go besides protesting in the streets and not wearing masks and not vaccinating. And that's why we're seeing this as the foreground right now of this becoming so, as we call in America, unconstitutional. But in Australia, it's became almost inhumane to me to be doing this to people. And so, Devin, I actually seen videos. um, It's of police officers in Australia. And they're literally saying to the citizens, they're like, we don't want to do this. We're being for like they're being forced to do so because they don't want to lose their job. They want to support their family still. But I mean, even whenever the own police are saying we don't want to do this, that should be another alarm going off. Like that should say something like, hey, even the people that are enforcing the wall don't agree with it. Maybe that should click a thing or two in people's minds. I mean, are you talking about police here in America or in Australia when you talk in Australia? Okay, in Australia, because here in America not to get too deep into this, the Seattle uh, police officers are actually flying the Gatson flag. And if you don't know what that is, that's the Don't Tell Me flag. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, America versus Australia here. Right. And so, like I said, like like we've said this whole episode, Devin, um, I think people really need to actually look into the things that has happened since March of 2020. Because... People may not know this, but Australia is still in lockdown. They've been in lockdown now for over a year and a half. You know, Devin, that the citizens of Australia, they get one hour to go outside. 
and they have a certain radius that they can go. If they go outside that radius, guess what happens to them? They go to jail. If they exceed the time of them being outside, they have set times that I believe um, it, different neighborhoods, like if you live on one street, I live in the next street over. For example, I would get to go out at one o'clock, but I have to be in at two o'clock. That way, the next street over could go outside. And that, that just blows my mind. Like, how, how can how can people look at this situation that's going on and think, oh, yeah, that's okay. I'd be okay with that. I know for myself, if I was not able to go outside all day besides for one hour, I'd go cuckoo. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, you, you talk about that and, you know, people say, you know, the media just covers it as they're restricting people's time outside of their house. You know, the media doesn't report that they get an hour or two hours or three hours or whatever it is. And that's when we talk about, you know, the, um, the media controlling the information that comes out. You know, when I heard about this, I heard about it from you and I actually went home and looked it up. And, you know, the first thing I saw on it was, was CNN was talking about how the Australian government is just limiting their outside time. Well, then I do a couple more research, you know, Fox news, MSNBC, uh, BBC, all this. And until I got to BBC, I didn't know that they were restricting at the time slots. None of those articles had said anything about the amount of time that they were giving. Mm-hmm. So we talked earlier in the episode about the media not reporting on this. Not only are they not reporting on this, but when they are reporting on it, they're are pushing this agenda and they're not telling the actual facts or uh, the facts. They're trying to they're trying to keep the fear away from us by before they install it, if that makes sense. And the thing, like, and you said it really good, Devin. What you just said was pi- picture perfect. But again, I'm not surprised the media, our, the American media, has gone in full disclosure of Australia. And like I said earlier in the episode, I think it's because at some point our administration is going to try to push regulations like the Australian government. I um, Do I think it will get as extreme? Absolutely not. But again, because the American people won't let it get that extreme. You know? Exactly. If, if it were up to the Biden administration, we'd be on the same path as Australia. Mm-hmm. You know, the economy would be shut down. It would be an even more shambles than it is now. The reason why the Biden administration has not done it yet, and this is full-heartedly what I believe, they know that what they see in Australia's streets would be amplified and much more dangerous and much more intentful at fixing the issue than we would see in Australia. Mm-hmm. Now, something that I think some or that our viewers would want to know, Devin, is let's say if America did turn into the way Australia has been the past 18 months, could you possibly see um, or would would you think that you would see protests almost as in riots happen from people not wanting to obey by the government rules that they're enforcing? You know. I, I think it would depend on how severe it got so quickly, you know, how how quickly they try to progress this. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking if they just came straight out and said, listen, everyone's in your house coming out one, two hours a day. We're not going protesting. We're not doing riots. We're going, you know, we're going straight for the government. Um, and I, when I say we, I don't mean our specific political party. I mean, they're making people. You're going to see people even that were staunch, humongous Biden supporters or Obama supporters or Hillary supporters, they're not going to do that. This is not, this is not a, a, 
a grassroots, uh, you know, conservative Republican issue. This becomes a bipartisan on both sides of the aisle are not going to put up with this. This is this. It would be completely wrong. And, and you, of course, you're going to have the people that are going to be like, well, you know, the government's just trying to protect us. Well, right. I think that number would be so few that that would quickly be overran with with just common sense people being like, listen, you're you're an idiot. You're right. an idiot for for only being in your house two hours a day and just letting the government mandate and restrict you on that. Yeah. And so I just want to bring up something, Devin. And you said it actually a couple of minutes ago. You said that American people would not put up with that. And that is so I'm so glad you said that. Just for the simple fact, I mean, let's just go back in history and see how America just came out of the gates and prevailed. I mean, we go back to the 1920s and 30s. We're in a Great Depression. America's economy is terrible. And then Pearl Harbor comes. And what happened with America? We flourished. We hit the ground running and we took off. And you know why that is? It's because whether you're black, white, Democrat, Republican, no matter what you were, Americans standed united as one. And there's, there's no power more powerful than America unified. And I absolutely believe that. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you stand, if, if everyone stands together, it is unstoppable. But divided, we fall. And um, everything that's even happened since COVID, since George Floyd, I just see more and more division in which the people that are in charge, our government officials, this is like this is like music to their ears almost. They're like, oh yes, more division, more division. It's just giving us more, more and more time and more opportunity just to take what we want. And I people need to understand that now is not a time to be divided. Now is a time to stand united with each other. And I even I'm even starting to get to the point nowadays wherever people openly know that I'm a conservative, obviously. And they asked me about whatever it may be, COVID-related. And I said, you know what? I think everybody needs to stand together on one, whether you're scared of COVID or not. But we need to stand up together and say, we will not allow too much power to be placed into our country. And I, 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 like I said, Evan, we need more people to stand together and not be so divided in this country at this time. You know, in... in- this whole COVID thing happened. This might be getting off topic, but I feel like it's relevant. You know, the this COVID thing came at a time when, you know, there was so much division already. You know, you had, you know, racial division. You had political division. Then we're going to throw this, this, um, I'm, I'm going to, I mean, I'm going to call it medical because obviously it's, it's health related, but, you know, and then make people vaccinated, anti-vaccinated. Then you have people that are thinking that, you know, this person's being racist. So they're just going to keep stacking on the division because obviously, like we've already said, the more divided, the more you can, you know, segregate people into different little niches of, of people, the easier it is to control the people, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's, there's, there's no argument there that, that, that is common sense. And anyone who would argue with that would be a complete moron. You know, if you, okay. if you take a whole group of people, 50 people, and then, you know, we're like, well, everyone who's brown haired, you know, go here. Okay. Well now, you know, if you have black hair split up, okay, well, you know, if you have a beard, if you don't have a beard split up, or if you're a male, if you're a female, and then before you know it, you have, you know, 50 groups of two people, it's much easier to control 50 groups of two people than two groups of 50 people. Right. 
And so something that I've actually seen recently, I know you've seen it as well, and it seems that a lot of people are actually starting to uh, unify again under one simple saying, Devin, and that is, let's go, Brandon. Great. I mean, we're starting to see a, a whole country say that. And um, The song's I, number one trending on iTunes right now. Is it really? It is as of uh, the last two days, I think. But I mean, we're looking at the things that this administration is saying about COVID. And like I like I said back in early in this episode, how I think the Biden, Biden administration is seriously trying to intact the Australian government's rules. And I think now that a lot of American people, even on the Democratic side, are starting to see this tyranny that Biden and his administration brought with them into office. And they don't like it either. I, I know for a fact, I know people that voted for Biden and don't like what he's doing. And it's a good, all right, so it's good and bad that this is happening. I'm going to start with the bad. It's bad it's, that this is happening because we allowed, or I shouldn't say we because I still think the election was rigged, but people that voted for Biden still allowed him to get this power. And the reason that it's good is because there are it's good because people are starting to wake up. It's good that people that did vote for him realize they made a mistake. Yeah, I mean, it's it's too little, too late. You know, to to realize that you're wrong now, it's like I said, too little, too late. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but it is also good that at least they're acknowledging that they were completely wrong in voting for him. And I've talked to actually a couple people that were, like I said, I've said before, staunch Biden supporters and they were not for all of this COVID restrictions, you know, and uh, I've even a couple guys I've worked with that have talked about, man, if I could go back, I'd vote for Trump again. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just not even on the basis of the economy, but just how this COVID has been dealt with. Right. Uh, we saw right, right, you know, right in February, you know, March and April, we saw huge spikes of COVID. Well, he promised on the campaign trail, he was going to get this under control, you know, and, and old man Winters here follows through his policies. He's been in politics for 50 years. Yep. We didn't see that in all those people now. A lot more people than are willing to admit it are regretting their vote. And I agree with you 100% that's a good and a bad thing. Buyer's mm-hmm. remorse in a form. Yes. And so um, before we end this episode, Devin, I just want to bring up one more thing about Australia. And then I want the audience to know what we did over the week this past weekend. But Absolutely. my last question on Australia is, do we think Australia can be saved at this point, or it's just so far down the rabbit hole that it's it's unsavable? Oh, man, that's a, that's a loaded question. Um, I think that it's savable if they keep up with the pressure that they're putting on now. If, if they allow the government to slowly let up pressure off of them and then they don't continue on, pushing forward like a game of tug of war that I don't think we're going to see, you know, mass success at going back to the way it was in Australia. But if they keep pushing back successfully, you know, if they start letting them go outside and they said, no, that's not enough. We want more. We're, you know, we put you in power and they keep pushing back like they should. I think that we could see Australia become a, a, a very successful and prosperous country again. Yes. And you said it perfectly. And so Devin, I'm going to have you, um, give our audience a briefing of what me and you did over this past weekend. Oh, 
it was I was so excited. Um, we went to our local state representative who's now running for state senate, Nick Schroer. Um, and it was it was absolutely I I absolutely you know I I'm gonna say this out loud. I love what the man stands for. Um, he he pushed forward, you know, the United States' largest abortion bill, the heartbeat heartbeat law. Um, you know, family man, great man, two kids. You know, from out here in Ferguson, um, just a really nice guy. He took pictures with us, and we got to talk to him. You know, got um, make Missouri great again hats. Got to meet local uh, radio host Tony Colombo. Had great conversations with both of them. Um, and it just, it just was such a, and of course, you know, you had, we had machine guns shooting out there and mm-hmm. that ultimate defense, but it just was such, I've never felt more fulfilled having conversation with two, two people. I couldn't, I couldn't have been more happy to have conversations with separately, but to have it together. Um, I, it was to, for me, the most proactive and successful conversation I've had probably in my entire life. Absolutely. Um, and then we also found out that, you know, Donald Trump Jr. is coming to town December 3rd. Uh, I think I think you, Alec, almost passed out when you heard that. You were so excited, but oh, yeah. uh, I'm probably just as excited, if not more. Um, if if you don't know Nick Schroer, I probably said his last name wrong, and if I did, I apologize. But um, look into him. You know, he he. he I like the man because he did what he said he was going to do. Right. Uh, I knew you didn't know much about him until you got there, and then we talked about it on the way there, and and you heard him speak, and a lot of people that he brought in to speak stood for the same things he stood for. And I feel like at the end, you were right on the same page as me. Super excited to see where he was going with his political career. Absolutely. And um, everything you said about Nick was on point. And something I really, that really stood out to me was his passion and the things he cared about. I mean, whenever politicians talk about the things that they want to do, some of them, they just don't, they don't have the empathy behind their voice that seems like they care. Nick, I mean, he was so, like, energetic with the things that he believed in. And to me, that's something I personally look for. I look for the people that actually, like, care about the things that they want to change. And, yeah, I mean, this his tone and his viewpoints and the things that he wants to change, you could tell he cares about. And those are the things that he's going to that, – that he will get done. I mean, he truly cares about the people in Missouri. He and it was so clear. Oh, and the, the coolest thing to me is, is I knew a lot of these things, but it was the little things that I saw during this rally. He wasn't standing behind the podium. He wasn't, he was engaging people. Yeah. He was, know, he, people. He he was signing people's us. shirts. He was petting this full blood bloodhound we had there. Um, I was parked next to him. He drives, you know, what you would, what you would want to see representative driving. He doesn't drive a Bentley. He doesn't drive a Rolls Royce. He drives a, a you know year or two old Dodge Ram. You know, not the Laramie, nothing special. Exactly what I want to. Exactly what his constituents are, which are working men and women. He drives. He doesn't take the salary and buy a, you know, a Porsche or a Lamborghini or whatever. He wants to be on the same level as the people he is serving, and I feel that so strong with him. And I and I asked him, I said, you know, what are your political aspirations? You know, how much far are you going to go? He mm-hmm. said, just just as far as, as, as I can go. I said, well, I just want you to know if you ever retire from politics and you run for, you know, the local water district, you got my vote. And I full heartedly mean that. I mean, yes. Um, and then to talk about Tony Colombo, you know, you know, he comes and he, you know, he was the, the DJ sort of for this rally. And, you know, he has his three kids out there and and he's engaging the people on the people that he is running this local talk show host 
or talk local talk show for the people, you know, and he was as just as well person. It was great talking oh, yeah. to him. He's from local too. He's from out there in Florissant and uh, he's not an out of towner. And that's the kind of people that us St. Louisans need to hear from people that are local and can understand where we're coming from. That can be just as fed up with the way things are at a state and a federal level as we are. Absolutely. And something I would like our audience to really, I want people to start looking into more of your local elections and local politicians. For me, this is my first time going to a local, um, a local event. And it wasn't more eye-opening than it could be. I mean, it was so awesome and so cool. I mean, this the things they talk about for the things that go on locally around us. I mean, that that's important to me. I'm sure it is for other people, but I think some people our age don't care about the local elections. And it was like I said, it was eye opening to me. And now I realize how important local elections are. Like, seriously, you need to be engaged in local elections and local politicians if you truly care about politics, in my opinion. And to me, it puts forward such a precedence like he talked about. You mm-hmm. know, if, if we can have, you know, these conservative senators at a state level, it only goes up the ladder more. You know, it only opens people's eyes. And then we start getting, you know, more staunch Republicans and conservatives at a federal level. You know, we saw Josh Hawley beat out Claire McCaskill. You know, she was in Missouri politics at a federal level for how many years? Oh, forever. And and we saw him beat her out. And to me, that was a great success. Yes. And then even I feel like Nick Schroer could be that next person as well. He could be that kind of Josh Hawley that can go to the federal level. And he's. And he talked about it, and I did some research. He's not scared to stand up to these people and look at them and tell them that they're wrong and that here's the way it needs to be because this is the way that Missouri morally is standing. Mm-hmm. Not religiously, not politically as, as much as just morally. you know. And that I, I couldn't be more um, happy for that. It's because some things are not so political as they are moral. You right. have to put your emotions aside. And he does that so well. When you, when I talk about the abortion law, super, super um, pro blue line, which if you don't know what that means, that's pro police. Um, and just, I couldn't, like I said, I couldn't be happier. Any, man. Another thing that I really liked about him was he's totally against CRT. And that was like, yes, oh, that's someone I'm voting for. Definitely. That's a whole episode. We got to have an episode about that because I had, I had heard about it and I did even more extensive research after the rally into it. And it wasn't even as bad as I had thought it was. Oh, you, you I knew know? it was bad. I knew it was bad, but until I came home and actually read dissenting articles about it, yeah, did I realize it was even worse than I it's thought evil. it was. I thought it was terrible. It's evil. Um, if you don't, if none of you listeners know, know what CRT is, it's critical race theory. It is the implicate the implementing of um, systematic racism into our public school system. That saying that everything systematically has been racist and that it puts minorities at a disadvantage. You know, did I, do you feel like I explained that correct? Yes, it was. Yes. That's, that's, that's the low level explanation. There's much more to it. Oh yes. And before I actually even brought you on Devin as my co-host, I did a, I think I did an episode on CRT. Maybe I didn't. I know. I feel like I talked about it. Maybe I was just talking to people about it in public, but that CRT has actually been something that, um, 
you know, it's funny. Taylor Washington asked me, she says, if you ever ran for political office, what would be um, one of the main things that you would fight against? And I told her, I was like, critical race theory, right off the bat. Like, America, I'll say it once, I'll say it always. America is not racist. America was not founded on racism. I hate when people say America was founded on racism and genocide because it wasn't. And, um, yeah, I mean, critical race theory is one of the biggest components I love to talk about. And I totally agree with you, Devin. We need to make an episode strictly on CRT. And um, hopefully we could possibly get Nick on a future episode. Oh, absolutely. I I believe that you mentioned something to him and he wasn't opposed to it. He was not. Neither was Tony Colombo. And there was a couple other um, people we met there that we networked with, which that I I was great. You know, very excited to meet Nick Schroer, but I was even more excited to get to network. How yeah. many people did we network with that we talked to? Oh man, um, I ran into one of the business cards. Yeah, I ran into one of the, the ladies that talked there about, uh, you know, she had found pornography in her child's middle school library, That's and I, I left the rally. I went home. You know, you know, you know, picked up my girlfriend. We were going to get Darren. We had to go to Jason Benny because she's going to school to be a teacher and. I saw her shirt and I was like, did you speak at the regular? And we talked for probably 15, you know, 10, 15 minutes. And she was telling me there was a local middle school that they had found homosexual pornography in a middle school classroom. That is disgusting. You know, and listen, that that's another great, not just that topic, but education is another great episode topic, but I'm going to come out and straight say it. I don't care at me, wherever you want any form of, of teaching homosexuality or engaging middle school age children in homosexuality is not only morally wrong, but you are sick in the head. If you think that that is appropriate. I could not agree more. 100%. 100%. But um, it takes I a th- special kind of messed up. And I don't want to get too deep in this and I apologize, but it just, to me, it takes such a special level of, of wanting to sabotage the youth of America to want to critical race theory and to do kind of stuff like that, you know, mm-hmm. to want to sabotage the future of America so much that you're going to alter your own morals and just be disgusting and slimy like that. Oh, I, I could go on this for hours, for hours. Absolutely. Well, I think Devin, we made some excellent points and examples of Australia. And I hope you, the listeners take what me and Devin have provided you with with Australia. And I hope the hell you people share this with other people. I hope it gets brought up in more conversation like me and Devin are having. And um, if you don't want, if you want America to be free and have our liberties, it's time people. It's time that we stand up and it's time that we stand against this because I know for a fact, I won't allow, I will not accept that type of change in my country. Anything you would like to add, Devin? Nope. I just would like people to do more research. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, don't watch the mainstream media do research because if it weren't for us, not just watch the mainstream media, we, this wouldn't happen. We wouldn't know what we just talked about. And that's right. so critical to me. I do your own research. I media, say it every episode. The media is literally blacking out the world. From oh is black yes is blacking out the world from the American people, and if it wasn't for people like me and you, Devin, other podcasters out there that bring up these um bring up these topics, how do we know? 
you know? We don't. And it's a good thing that we have the, the thirst to, to expand our knowledge and to share the, the falsehoods that the media, the mainstream media especially, obviously, is portraying onto the American people. Absolutely. Well, everybody, with that being said, me and Devin will be back next time.